0: Within printed page rests fates unseen, doused in ink and laid between. Shadows lurk within your findings, to other realms and beyond the vines. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Bindings. I'm Max Lopez and today we're going to do a holiday special which I've never done before which I guess I've only been making the podcast for one Christmas so far and I didn't do it last year so this is the first time and uh, I don't I don't really assume I, I will be doing it again because this is really the only holiday themed book that I wanted to read so unless I find another one um I guess I could do Nosferatu, that would probably take a little while. But so, the, today I'm going to be covering uh, Hogfather by Terry Pratchett, which was published in 1996, and is actually the 20th Discworld book, and if my calculations are correct, I've actually only read up until the 7th Discworld book, Pyramids, which uh, now that I think about it, hasn't even come out yet. I've made the episode, but it won't come out until January. I'm putting this one out early, so it can come out on Christmas Day, this will also be one of the first episodes since the first episode where i covered salem's lot that the episode will be actually coming out in almost real time it's christmas eve today 2022 and i haven't decided if i'm going to put it out today or put it out tomorrow i don't know i might put it out today who knows but so uh i did the hog father i've read it over the past couple of days Uh, Again, I'm skipping over uh, about 13 books in order to cover this one because, I I mean, if I keep reading these, maybe I would have to wait another year for this to seasonally be an appropriate book to read, but I decided that I would just jump ahead. Uh, At the beginning of at least the first couple of Discworld books, Terry Pratchett has this uh, this little preface that says... Something along the lines of that the Discworld books don't need to actually be read in order, but um, they're, they're best read linearly, uh, but whatever book you have in your hand is the best place to start. So really, it doesn't really matter. There's a, There was a few little bits that I think I didn't have, because although uh, it doesn't tell necessarily one linear story following one group of characters, uh, the characters do come in and out. You do see a lot of reoccurring characters within Discworld books. But they do kind of go on a timeline from what I've read on the internet. So you're never really going back in time. It's kind of moving forward in time while he continues the series. So I believe there were some things that I I didn't have background knowledge on because I had, had not read the 13 books between Pyramids and Hogfather but uh that didn't really matter. A lot of the uh a lot of kind of the essential like holiday aspects of this story had already been mentioned in the earlier Discworld books in regards to like Hogswatch and the Hogfather. So, just real quick overview on that. Obviously, I, if you've listened to a Discworld episode before or you've read Discworld books, you don't need me to explain that the Discworld is a disc planet that sits on the back uh, four giant elephants that ride atop the great Atuan, which is a cosmic sea turtle that's soaring through the stars and i love that i love saying that and on the disc uh instead of christmas because why would they have christmas that wouldn't really make sense for them to also celebrate christmas uh they have something called hogs watch and hogs watch is essentially uh the same as Chris- christmas culturally I-, I wouldn't say that it has any uh it has no religious connotations to it. It almost has what the view of Christmas is now, with every religious aspect taken out of it completely. And instead of Santa, there is the Hogfather. The Hogfather is like a pig man guy, he's kind of looks like Santa, and he also uh, he he rides a sleigh, but instead of reindeer, he's got, you guessed it, he's got pigs. And uh, I believe there's only four pigs, I can't remember their names. I was thinking about like, looking them up, but then I decided that, you know, what what is the relevance to you as a listener? Probably none, and if, you're, if it is relevant to you, you already know, or if it is relevant to you, then you're going to learn, because you might decide to read it, uh, but hilarious, and something that has been mentioned in the book, in the book series, uh, from, I believe, at least the first couple, because Terry Pratchett is always including that world building element where he's always adding a little bit more that he's able to use and then maybe build upon in later books. And I would say Hogswatch is definitely one of them, something that is known to you as the reader for some time. And it takes all the way up until uh, book 20 here for him to actually explain it and give you some details on it. I think that he kind of left it loose. You, you still didn't get much of like historical background on, on Hog's Watch, but I, I don't think that was necessary. I think that his overall purpose of writing this book um, made the point across on, on what the relevance of Hog's Watch was just in general. Another interesting tidbit is this is the first one that I've read that was actually published while I was alive. So, uh, the, I mean, this was published in 96. I was about five at the time. Um, there are lots of them that were published during my lifetime, but this is the first one that I have read that is published in my lifetime. So, Hogs Watch is a celebration. The Hog Father is basically like Santa Claus. Now, basically what happens at the beginning of this story is you're introduced to this group of characters who is hired to assassinate. The Hogfather, and um, you get introduced to this character named Tea Time, who is an assassin, but he definitely doesn't seem to have the agenda that you get across from most assassins, where they're more kind of like that Soldier of Fortune, Fortune, doing things for money, not really having much uh, morality revolving around taking other people's lives as long as it's for a paycheck. But tea time is a little bit more sinister about it. He he has more malicious intent and when he's approached with this you're kind of loosely given ideas on who is the person actually, who are the people that are actually hiring him and so the story kind of separates from there and then you learn very quickly that the Hogfather had gone missing but you're really kind of getting the perspective of tea time the whole time so it is kind of confusing and and the the ties don't really come together until the end because so the hog father goes missing right and death takes his place because he knows that he's been missing and he, he fears that the sun will not come up and that the world will not keep going if the hog father does not do his portion on the on what makes things kind of flow and his kind of part and the structure of the universe is to continue to be the Hogfather, and Death fears that without the Hogfather completing his, do- his job on Hogswatch night, that he might actually cause kind of this um, this crumbling almost in like the fabric of of reality on the disc. Is at least my perceptions of it, and I, I feel that is certainly a fairly accurate um, presumption of the uh, what actually happened. As always with Terry Pratchett's stories, he does love to run you in a little loop and introduce you to all sorts of characters. Some you need, some you don't need. Some are just purposely there to be funny and others are there to confuse you. I I mean, I'm not certain on that, but I think that he does use that um, as kind of a literary device to make the stories more interesting and Keep you from figuring out what his kind of end game is once he finally ties that last knot at the very end And I, I think he does a really nice job with that. So throughout this entirety of the story Death is acting as Santa Claus really the Hogfather, but to you and I he would be more acting as Santa Claus and Kind of a, just a, like the the amount of humor that revolves around just the character of death within the Discworld stories is is quite immense and It's always kind of, it always revolves around this idea of death being curious about humanity and being curious about kind of what makes us tick as humans and him trying to understand that thing, which is very interesting because death itself and a big kind of theme and device that Pratchett is playing with in this story, in this story, is that death itself as uh, death personified as the Grim Reaper is very much like a human creation. And so this human creation of the Grim Reaper that exists because we have personified it into this thing that is a skeleton that wears a black robe and carries a scythe. We personified him into that. and Because of that, he kind of blips himself into existence and therefore exists, but also becomes very self-aware of that concept of him being created by humans so he is consistently seeking to understand humans although he very much so does not understand most of them most things about them especially when the complications in our consciousness kind of play a role in the stories that's where he struggles the most to really get that full scope of an understanding of humanity but he's consistently trying Understand it, and I think that as I've read more and more of these Discworld books, and most of them honestly have Death as a character, whether he's in the forefront or the back. You know, if he's in the front or in the back of the story, doesn't really matter. Um, He's still kind of struggling with that and trying to learn more about humans, just in general. Uh, So Death is is a you know pretty essential main character, truly the main the like. At the forefront, the main character is actually Death's granddaughter, Susan, which I don't remember her being born at the end of Mort, but I'm pretty sure that she is the uh, daughter of Mort from the Discworld book Mort, which was book four, and Death's daughter, like his adopted daughter. But it's funny because Susan, like, although they're not related by blood because, of course, Death doesn't have blood, she still has, like, the traits of him. So, like, there's even points when she starts, like, becoming more like Death and she will talk in all capitals and she won't have quotations around her dialogue and things like that, which is... It was fun to see and her character is actually really cool and probably one of my favorite parts of this, besides being able to follow Death around on Santa's sleigh, which was, hands down, my favorite part because he's just, like... He's just, like, playing the role, essentially. So you can kind of imagine, like, put yourself into this. You go to the mall, and there's those dudes who play Santa, right? And, like, imagine that was death. That Like, it's just, it's a really funny concept to toy with. And so, so perfect for the character of death that Pratchett has had created over all these years so far it really was kind of meant to be, and it really, it's kind of perfect in in many ways that I enjoyed thoroughly. Now, the main theme of this essentially revolves around these ideas of us creating ideas like Santa, where, like, you could say, like, well, Santa doesn't exist, and it's like, yeah, Santa doesn't exist physically, but the idea of santa and the morality of santa and the like kind of the history of santa does exist like those are things like we have created them as humans and so what pratchett toys with in this is very similar to what neil gaiman toys with in his book american gods whereas because they believed in them here on the disc a lot of these things have been created inherently because of their belief in the Hogfather, or Death, or several other gods that they have on the disc. So very similar to the idea that Gaiman plays with in in American Gods, which is kind of the, what that whole story revolves around. It, it revolves around because we've believed in gods for so many years that they've kind of been blipped into existence because of that. And what Pratchett is showing is like it's like we've created this, we've done this. Santa is real. The idea of Santa is real. The physical existence of him is not, but the idea of it is. So, don't t- discount what Santa is or what the Hogfather is and what that can do for us, because you're saying it's not physically real. Now, on the disc, it's cool because he does personify these things and and make them physical people or gods or, or whatever you might want to call them. So that is kind of the gist of the story is what he's trying to get at is that like, why would you discredit, discredit what the idea of these things can do to help us and instead focus so much attention on like why something is specifically real, why it specifically exists. And it, it, it's kind of like that, that idea of like, adults playing into like it depends on how you view Santa I guess like if you teach your kids that Santa brings you expensive gifts and all these sorts of things and you're not really focusing on the main idea of like giving and showing love towards others and being overall just kind of jolly and spreading cheer and those sorts of things which are very good ideas but when the when the, the child or the human fo- or adult focuses so much on just the presence and what am I getting out of this? How am I going to take from this? that's the point that, um, that Pratchett, I think, is making, is the focus of these holidays is all, often stolen from the real ideas and, and sort of um, morals that we should be continuing to grow upon. Based, with, based on these holidays, which is kind of interesting, especially because, like, to be honest, like, I, I'm not, like, I like the holidays. I'm not, like, I, it's not, like, my favorite time of the year. It's cold, and, you know, it's, like, it, it's just kind of stressful, but I think that this book kind of allowed me to look at kind of the purpose of it and not be so, like, it's stupid that people tell their kids that Santa Claus is real. It's stupid that they they give them these expensive gifts and say that they're from this man who came down your chimney. And I think that just like a jaded person who doesn't have kids, I am just being jaded about it and and acting as if, um, acting as if, you know, it's stupid or whatever. And I think to a certain degree it is. I do. Um, and, but, to a certain degree in the hands of the right person, it really can be a beautiful thing. And it's something that kids could learn from, and it's something adults can learn from, and I think that with all of that said, this book helped me to see that this holiday season, which is kind of nice, because we can often be bogged down in like all of the pressure and anxiety that revolves around the holiday, and neglecting to see what the true purpose of it is. And um, I think that Pratchett does a wonderful job showing that within the story. So very interesting. It has been made into uh, like a little made for TV, like made for TV in England movie, uh, which has been on Amazon forever. I've never watched it because I just had never read the book before. So I kind of am interested in watching it. Uh, also, kind of I believe the first like actually theatrical release of it of a Discworld book will be coming out in January. It's about this cat. I haven't read it yet. Um, I forget what it's called, but it takes. Pl- it's the 26th book, and it's the, actually the first one specifically written for children. So and it's got a pretty stacked cast of characters, like David Tennant, who played uh, the Doctor in Doctor Who. I think her name's Amelia Clark. I might be wrong about that. The girl who played Khaleesi in Game of Thrones. There was actually quite a few pretty well-known people on the casting list, so I'm I'm curious if it's going to come out here in the United States or not, um, but I will... Uh, if it does, I might just jump ahead of, of, in the next couple of weeks and read that one, because I'm sure it's a pretty short read. Um, and it's... the Yeah, the 26th book, and it's specifically for kids. It's animated. I just... Like, i it, it It's very... I'm very curious about how they could... Make the disc work in through film, and I I think that using it as CGI or some form of animated um, film is is definitely the best solution for a lot of them. Uh, depending, because I just don't think that they need to do like a huge big budget, a list actors thing for Discworld. In fact, I, I don't know if I'd want that ever, but I think that like these little one-offs would be kind of cool, especially for the ones for kids. Um, even though I'm not very, I'm not very aware of what they're about, but it takes place on the disc, so I'm cool with it for sure. But so this was the holiday special. I hope uh, I hope everybody enjoyed it. And maybe you know, maybe you're not going to read the Hogfather this year. It's, yeah, I mean it's December twenty fourth right now, um, but. You know, maybe next year. Maybe next year you decide, just like me, to read a holiday book. And it doesn't have to take place on planet Earth. Why don't you have it take place on the disc? such a wonderful place for a story to occur. Uh, I'm actually reading, now I'm reading the eighth book, called Guards! Guards! Of Discworld. And because the Hogfather, it did it for me, but it just wasn't enough. I needed to keep going. So I went back. I'm back on track. I'm on to book eight now, so, uh, that won't come out till probably February, I assume. But, uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me. I hope everybody has a great holiday. Um, uh, no matter what you celebrate, I hope it was, I hope it is, I hope it was, I hope it's, uh, a great winter. Stay warm. It got absurdly cold here in Illinois over the last two days. It's just, my dogs don't even want to go outside. Like, and that's saying something, because they can go out for, a, you know, they would stay out there as long as I wanted them to, or as long as they wanted to, but now it's like I don't even have to go out there, I just let them out the back door and they come right back in after they do their business. It's quite convenient, but I know that they're going to get, uh, you know, feel a little cooped up here after a while, so I would like, uh, I would like them to, I would like the temperature just to get above zero so they could spend a little bit more time out there, but Hogfather, wonderful story, literally filled me with holiday cheer, which, um, I don't want to say that I'm short of it all the time, but sometimes I think I'm in need of a little bit more of it, so happy holidays to everybody, enjoy your winter, stay warm, and I'm Max Lopez, and this is Beyond the Bindings.